0: Hey, Senda.
1: Hey, Phil.
0: Do I do another grab bag episode?
1: Yeah, sure. I have um, I have a flight to catch, actually.
0: Cue music. (laughs) Hey. Welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, the cold, tired, and grumpy one, Phil. And
1: I'm your other host, the warm, just took my sweater off, and rather hyper Senda. This will be great. <laughs> <laughs> we can see how it's going already. Anyway, so tonight we're back with another grab bag episode. Because we're like on the road for Breakout. Next week, we're going to be doing our breakout recap episode, where we're going to talk all about the games that we ran, what we played, panels, who we saw, all the awesome stuff, right? So you're going to get to hear about breakout. And then after that, the week after that, we will be celebrating 150 episodes with something special we haven't quite figured out yet.
0: (laughs) We don't have a damn clue. No. We've got some time to figure it out.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get into our first question.
0: Best Chris. Yes. That's best Chris. Best Chris on you, Twitter. You asks, know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> what aspects would go into a perfect game for you specifically, both as a player and as a GM? For instance, I like a lot of character customization as well as baseline competence at creation, mechanics for relationships, and tools for players to inject into the narrative.
1: Yeah, I like a lot of those things, too. I think that the most important things for me that I really know that I enjoy are relationship mechanics and shared narrative control mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. When that kind of stuff is built into a game. Um, Because I love, 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 love having relationships when I play. I've I've written a couple of articles about it now and inevitably I will write more articles about it because I love it. When games don't come with it out of the box, it's something that I tend to put in because it increases my enjoyment of the game significantly when I have real reasons to interact with characters in different ways with other people at the table, right? Um, So that one is, is actually probably the most important to me. Like I really click into games when I have relationships with the other characters at the tables and it's hard for me to click in when I don't. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Um, and then I just love shared narrative control. And especially as a GM, it is one of my favorite things to have because it makes it way easier for me. Um, and I love the aspect of collaboratively controlling the world and the story and the direction that it goes in because it's a shared storytelling experience, right? And so I don't, I don't like being the GM who is the GM who knows everything that's going to happen. I also want to be surprised and delighted by the way that the story goes, right? So shared narrative control is huge for me.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like, I like a lot of the things you said, but in the spirit of being different, I will add a few other things. Good. I very much like group World generation, which is actually a uh, topic, which is actually the next question. I know, works Um, out well, right? So I like games that have group world generation built into them. And I think we've talked about this on a number of shows here, and I've talked about it on the Mr. Mark Network. I am a fiend for genre emulation. Yeah. So I, not a particular genre, but if I like that genre, then I want the game to both narratively and mechanically emulate that genre. Yeah. Like that's a big deal for me. And that's and that's usually what will get me to play a game is that when you tell me this game lets you play this kind of experience, like Mashed by Mark Plemons lets you play the T V show Mash. I love the T V show Mash. I've always wanted to play Mashed. Like that's a PBTA game that I've always wanted to get to the table because just for the genre emulation. Like yeah. I want to play like three or four episodes of it, be like yes, I, I got to I got to be Mash, and this actually goes to a thing that we were talking about off mics, which is for me role playing games is very much a participatory form of entertainment, and the reason I like genre emulation is because when I was younger I liked watching genres on TV movies and things like that, but the truth is I want to play them, yeah, so. I am very much down with games that emulate certain genres. I have some favorite genres, right? So, cyberpunk, crime, conspiracies, superheroes are some of my fa- espionage are some of my favorite genres. So, I very much dig games that do stuff in that space.
1: Right? Yeah. No, I am. It's really funny because actually, since we've started the show and started talking really deeply about games consistently, genre emulation is actually really big for me too. But I have strong attachments, I think, to fewer genres than you do, and I'm happy to play genres that I don't know quite as well, because I'm still invested in the experience of experiencing that genre, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't necessarily fall into my favorites. Like it's actually really funny to me because I I I absolutely fell into this hobby and and like I used to just read fantasy left and right like a fiend right like I, I cleared shelves. Of my local library, literally, I would just walk down the shelf and be like, "Yes, I've read this shelf. Yes, I've read this shelf." You know, and the really funny thing about that for me right now is like I was so into fantasy for so long, and fantasy is the genre for me right now that I'm the least interested in playing.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I um, <laughs> it
1: just it just is.
0: I never, I was never a huge fantasy kid. So like by the time I started playing D and D. I started playing D- 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 D&D at the same time I started reading novels. Yeah. So I didn't read like a ton of fantasy and then start playing D&D. And I wasn't of that age group where like before D&D you read Tolkien and stuff like that just because you were nerdy. Like,
1: Yeah, that's me. I read Tolkien. I had read the Dragonlance Chronicles before I ever knew that there was a game.
0: Right, so I read the Dragonlance chronicles because they came out in like in line with the game. Yes, and and that was and that was interesting with me, right? Like that was interesting for me, but I don't know. Like fantasy's fantasy's never been my main genre. It's never been my jam. I was, I was. My watershed moment was Star Wars.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So for me, sci-fi is way more cool to me than fantasy, which is you know and again we were talking about this offline but like this is why like largely like why things that happen in D i'm just kind of like eh. like because i just don't play fantasy uh i there are notable exceptions like yeah, sure. um chris's airy uh, peaks. peaks was yeah. a very notable exception but but by and large i just don't play a lot of fantasy?
1: Um, these days to really get me interested in fantasy because I just, I feel like I've done generic fantasy so many times in so many ways and like, it's just unless there's something unique about the story and the way that you're telling it, there's something unique that that experience offers me that I can like dig into. Like if you just say I want to run this generic fantasy game, like I'm like, yeah.
0: Um, generic yeah. fantasies app uh, generic fantasy is absolutely the way to get me not to play something yeah May- tell me it's something by something like fantasy by way of something else and i'll be like yeah i think i could give that a shot but if you're like straight up we're playing forgotten realms i'm like straight yeah, up i'm not
1: i'm out yeah now the
0: one now the one exce- You're exception my, 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 you
1: do have an exception yeah
0: i do have one exception is swords without master I oh, love,
1: but but that is a specific genre of fantasy emulated, right?
0: Yeah, and I, it is yes, not it is. actually
1: just like it's
0: not generic fantasy. It is
1: not generic fantasy. It is not. I picked up, you know, another one of the once once you get to the Dragonlance stuff outside of the Chronicles, right? Like there's some it goes on forever, <laughs> um and you know it gets kind of repetitive. Anyway, so we got a little bit off topic. We got a no, little I bit off topic good. there, but, uh, but it's a good discussion, right? But should we move on to the
0: best? Chris question? asks. Best Chris asks great questions. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Thanks best, best Chris. Best Chris.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: So the next question is from Ryan, who is uh, at Lord Neptune from the Character Creation Cast. Um, mm-hmm. And he asked, have you covered collaborative world building yet as part of character creation, giving players ultimate agency over the world they are going to play in and the type of story that they will tell?
0: So I will say for me, the first time I saw the Dresden File rules and the rules for how to create your city, yeah, and all your NPCs, like I was like, I'm fucking sold. Like this right. is I I only want I only want this in all my games now
1: from now on. Yeah, right. And I and, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about it specifically on this show. Have we actually I, we talked haven't. about it? Maybe it's something we like, haven't. Anyway, but um, it's something that uh, literally every game that I play with my home group, um, that's our session zero. Our session zero is we make both our characters and the world, which is how we end up with weird things, right? Like um, we're playing Scum and Villainy, but I don't think that the names of anything, like if I talk about the setting of Scum and Villainy, I don't think that anyone else is going to recognize it as Scum and Villainy, right? Like, we still have houses, we still have gates, but we named them all ourselves and we decided how they work and what they do and how we were related to them and how they work in the universe and all of those things, right? Like, I don't think that we're actually following the setting in the book because we took it as inspiration and built our own. And we do that every time. And it's great. And it gets me so invested in these games. (laughs) I'm so excited about them.
0: I definitely bake this into my own my own games as well and I do different things for different games like I have when I have different needs so like for Tales from the Loop I really didn't need anything about history or the land because that's that stuff was pretty well coded out in the book what I did actually invest a lot of setup time in and we actually did it um not as a session 0 kind of thing but we did it um i think in the first or second session was um we answered a ton of questions about the school yeah like who what click runs the school um who are your favorite teachers your least favorite teachers all of that and i just had like the characters like just like with a bunch of leading questions, like we built out the school and then I used it in all the future, like all the, like the future episodes. I, you know, took advantage of, of knowledge of that. And I just did a different one for my masks game. I actually did like a modified version of a microscope. Well, we didn't actually play microscope, but I've played microscope. So the way that I, like the way I implemented my Session Zero for Masks was very microscope-like in that I took each of the major generations in masks. So the golden, the silver, the bronze, and the modern age. And we made events, we made regular events, we made locations, we made people, and we made uh, for each generation, one crossover event. Like what was the big the big crossover thing where all the superheroes get involved kind of thing. Like what is the infinity gauntlet for each one of these g- generations? And um, boy, we did that one. We did one session of that and everything about my game is so much better for having it because I left as a GM with so much background and so did the players. The When they, when the character, when the players went to make their characters, they like immediately knew how to plug themselves into the whole world and all of them have backgrounds that are actually tied to the history of the game, either the recent history or the like or far like the far past of the game, all worked like better than I could have hoped for.
1: Well, yeah, because it, it builds so much investment when you really do sit down and build that together. It's interesting. Um, the second half of the Tales from the Loop game that I played that I have written all so many articles about because it was so good, we didn't wait for things from the flood, right? We just decided that we needed to keep playing that game and fast forward 10 years. And we played a different game in between and we sat down at the table and we did exactly that. Quincy laid out, here are the events that I know happened. Like there were like four of them, right? So he's like, here's the first one. And here's the last one. And here's like two other ones that just kind of place us temporally. And then we filled in for us, all the rest of the cards, all of the important events that happened along that timeline. Which mm-hmm. in that process ended up introducing things like, how did I meet the um, guy that I was engaged to at the beginning of that game, right? Like and then and then our future thing was like was like and, and we're going to get married, right? And then we ended up starting the game like the day of the wedding before the alien invasion. Which right. prevented it, you know, a little bit. <laughs> just a tiny bit. Um but, like, building all of that stuff in, it worked really super well for us because we were, we were um, jumping ahead 10 years in a game with characters that we'd already played, right? But we also had lost two players and gained a new player. Um, so we were able to handle, like, why were they not involved anymore and how do we bring him in and, like, tie him to everything? And so he was involved in all of that world building um which immediately got him in and then we also like you know plugged him into a a, a deep relationship situation um which was great
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely but
1: like yeah that that playing microscope to like set that kind of anytime you need historical context for what you're doing oh man it works really well i mean not you don't have to play play it but like just using that timeline kind of idea is like real good
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's really smart. I often don't do the full version of Microscope. Yeah. I I often just kind of wing it and just am like, yeah, like, let's just start talking about things. Let's just
1: build a timeline on index cards.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I did like I had a I had my whole timeline splayed out on on this big ass table at Panera as we were sitting around drinking coffee talking about like, you know, the major events of Halcyon City. Well, um,
1: so one other thing that we should say about that is it also lets you lets you let your players tell you by the story that they create, the history that they're creating and the world that they're building. It lets them tell you what's important to them in the game, like what they yeah, want letter- out it, of it. Yeah,
0: Yep. it, it love letters, uh, important things in the game. In fact, in, in my masks game. The villain Dr. Infinity, which is this time-traveling android, uh, is actually really important because, one, we had a major crossover event with Dr. Infinity in the 1960s. Um, but two, Dr. Infinity is somehow tied to the origin of, to- of Tony's character. Right. Um, it's not completely clear how Dr. Infinity is tied to uh, Tony's character. It's not good. That Doctor Infinity is, but it's great. Like, and the only reason Tony thought to do that for his character was because we made up a bunch of events in the timeline about Doctor Infinity, and he was like, "Oh, I totally want something like that." Yeah, and we were like, "Yeah, do it." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. pull on it. So,
0: yeah. So, so I guess the bottom line is what we're saying is, um, when games have it built in, um, yes. and I will say that Hydro Hackers has, um yeah. When you build your neighborhood, you actually make a map and put your houses and things on the map. So you actually build your neighborhood and like some of the people in it.
1: The bottom line is it's good.
0: The bottom line is good. It's great when games have it included. Yes. And that's awesome. But if it doesn't have it included, you should by all means still do it. Yes. Um, There are ways to do it. You can use things like Microscope. I've written a few articles on Gnome Stew. There are a bunch of other articles other people have written on Gnome Stew about how to get your campaign started. You should, by all means, tap into those. It is worth doing. Uh, it is worth taking a, a half a session or a whole session before you even make characters and kind of create like, create that world. Uh, every time I've done it, I've never been disappointed Yeah,
1: f- with the results. Yeah, I never have either. We've been doing it every game for for a couple years now and it really is fantastic
0: all righty spencer aka pterodactyl you asks senda what's your favorite breakfast cereal and as a follow-up question why is phil's captain crunch because i have stated that in the past yes that have stated Crunches. it
1: clearly it's true see mm. so i have to i have to preface this by saying that I don't really eat breakfast cereal like at all anymore because milk and I don't get along these days. We're not friends. Uh, when you
0: were little, what did you like when you were little? Uh,
1: uh, I honestly can't remember what I ate for breakfast cereal when I was little. So I know that I'd so like my Like
0: Cultos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cult-os. meal. <Cult-o-meal. laughs> um, <laughs> No, the the cereals that I always looked forward to when I was little were like Frosted Flakes. I really like Frosted Flakes. Yeah, before, Frosted Flakes is delicious before they get soggy, like when they're fresh oh, into the milk. Oh,
0: you, all right. So so there so there are a couple different. Um, all right, so every cereal needs to be eaten rather quickly. Yes, but um, Frosted
1: Flakes needs to be eaten very quickly.
0: Yeah, there are some that like you need to eat like ro- like you need to be all right. <laughs> So you do this a couple of different ways. right. Um, you can just you know, like you can put your cereal in the bowl and pour a shit ton of milk on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then race the clock eating it before it turns into mush. Mm-hmm. I am more of the philosophy of put your cereal in the bowl, put some milk yes. on it,
1: minimum quantity of milk for right. for and then just a little bit of
0: moisture. Yeah. And right. And but then, as like, you as you eat start more. eating, yeah, 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 just put a little more milk yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think you get a lot more mileage. Um, yeah. Like, for that.
1: No, and I, I agree. But, like, so, but honestly, the, the cereal that I like the best these days, if I'm going to eat cereal, is honey bunches of oats, which is, like, super boring of me, but, like, there it is. You, I like honey no, bunches honey of Oats.
0: No, I, I will tell you that my adult cereal is super boring too. I love raisin bran.
1: Oh man, raisin uh, bran is really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love raisin bran. It is um, really
1: tasty. I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I, I just, I dig, I dig raisin bran. That's my grown up. That's my grown up cereal. Right.
1: I'm like um, a honey bunches of oats, raisin bran kind of guy. But you know what? I really eat for breakfast. I'm going to have cereal as I have hot cereal because I don't have to put milk in it. I have like cream of wheat or I have oatmeal. I used
0: to love cream of wheat when I was a kid. Um, yeah, cream of my, wheat. My my mom would make the other one. What's it? Farina, the the rice one. The like it was a like cream of rice. rice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one, which explains why I like rice pudding so much. Actually, that actually yeah, it's explains probably a,
1: a great pretty
0: deal. Similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I so the reason I like Captain Crunch when I was a kid. Captain Crunch was not a cereal that my mom would stock in the house. Mm-hmm. So Captain Crunch was a treat. But I really fell in love with Captain Crunch in college because my college my college w- had great breakfasts, amazing lunches, and the shittiest dinners possible. Yeah. So there were many, many nights during my undergrad years where I would just eat cereal for dinner. And they just had these like big dispensers yeah, where you yeah, would just, yeah. you know, you could like, just, like so I would get like, thing. yeah, like I would get like a couple bowls of cereal. That would be my dinner. And so like uh, Captain Crunch was inevitably one of them. I love cornflakes, like generic cornflakes, which is like Frosted Flakes, right? Just yeah, yeah, without yeah. the sugar. Without the
1: sugar. See, um, I, I like, I like cereals that are just sweet enough that I don't have to add sugar to them because yes. it doesn't, because then it's evenly distributed sweetness. Yes. Which is why I like um, Honey Bunches of Oats.
0: So, Cap- so, Captain Crunch. I just Captain Crunch. I just for whatever reason like the flavor of. I like the it it it, it get it stays crunchy long enough for me to eat it before it kind of breaks down. <laughs> uh-huh. um, when it does break down, it's not it's not that good. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I love yeah. love like but not like I mean it's not as much breakfast as it's like a treat. Yeah. Is Golden Grams.
1: Yeah, those are really good, too. Fucking
0: golden grams is the shit. Like, when I was in my 20s, I, um, when I was in my 20s and I was working, like, you know, like an actual full-time job, I went through a phase where all my lunches were cereal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I basically just kept, like, a gallon of milk in the, in the fridge. <laughs> and on my bookshelf in my office, I had boxes of cereal. And I would just... Uh, I have this green bowl... I think you've seen it before. I have seen it, yeah. Right? The giant ass bowl. Yep. Um and I would just make that for lunch. Like I would just like fill it with cereal and like pour milk in and would sit on my computer or whatever and um and eat cereal for lunch. I did that for a I did that for a while in my 20s. But yeah, I don't know, Captain Crunch Captain Crunch saved me from so many shitty dinners. See that-, that I I wanted to dedicate my undergrad degree to to Captain Crunch. Like I just like, I I was very much uh, down. Me and the captain, and not any of the other ones. Not the not the fucking berry one. Not the peanut butter one. Just, just <laughs> straight straight up crunch. OG OC OC the Captain original Crunch. Captain,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: original Captain. Yeah,
1: yeah. no Captain. The uh, so the here's the really funny thing because when the when the meals were gross at my cafeteria, which they definitely occasionally were. They always had a sandwich station, so you could always get, like, a turkey sandwich. So, like,
0: well, I ate a cause lot of... Because that's, like, your signature... I, that is literally your go-to in yeah, any situation. Yeah, I'm like,
1: oh, I can't... I'm not going to eat all of this nonsense. And, like, so there was always sandwiches, and I started to get really sick of them. But um, the thing that we would do, or that I would do when I was super sick of the breakfast options is that they would always have hard-boiled eggs at breakfast, and I would literally take them and, like, go get stuff from the sandwich station and make myself, like, a plate of picnic eggs, which is, like, really funny. I'd be sitting there in the cafeteria, like, making the hard-boiled eggs into picnic yes. eggs. But it's, like, it it renewed my my appreciation of eggs. It started that renewal process because I didn't eat them for, like, 20 years before that. Well, I guess See, I it couldn't lucky. have been that long because I wasn't alive that long. Ten years. Ten years before that, right?
0: I, I was lucky. Our breakfast. So I, I never ate breakfast breakfast. Like I eat brunch on the weekends and then yeah. like breakfast was no, like like a granola bar going out the door to exactly, class.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: So brunches were never boring because we so one day was always pancakes. The other day was always French toast. But we had a uh, omelet station. Yeah. Where like one line. Like, you just went down, you picked all your ingredients, and then they threw it on the flat top with, you know, eggs and made you an omelet. Yeah. So, like, that never sucked. I would just have, like, all different types of omelets, like a Western omelet, a ham and cheese omelet. Like, I would just, you know, like, I was never bored um, with omelets. And to this day, I still eat omelets, like, almost every day for breakfast.
1: I was not yet in a place where I appreciated eggs to the point of omelets. Like, hard-boiled was still the only way that I would eat them, which I'm sure that you find hilarious now, knowing that, like... I love me some runny yolk.
0: Yeah, what's even funnier, like, I mean, uh, funnier, but I I hate hard-boiled eggs. Really? I don't, I do just you, do you don't like them. eat them in any way? I, I will not. I mean, it's like... It's,
1: it's totally fine. I'm just fascinated, like, will you eat them if other things have been done to them? Or, like, on a salad with dressing on them? Or is it, nope. like, absolutely no, none, not at all ever? I
0: don't like them. I yeah. just don't like them. Like, I don't eat deviled eggs. I don't eat, um... So I don't eat deviled eggs. I don't eat um, eggs and salad. Eggs and salad's weird to me. First of all, first of all, I got to think about salad, right? <laughs> salad's bullshit to begin with. But no,
1: I like salads. And egg is one way that you include more protein.
0: Chicken is a great way to include protein. Well, I mean, chicken. yes.
1: I would like chicken and egg, please.
0: Yes. I have a thing about salad in and of itself I'm learning but if you things. put chicken I'm learning if you put right if you put chicken in it at least it's valid <laughs> um, anyway um, oh the follow-up question um, that Spencer asked right, was right, right. <laughs> um, uh, I've been thinking about this far more than it's reasonable and I keep coming back to one question if you serve waffles with ice cream is that breakfast cereal no. So, all right. I think I know where Spencer's going with this. Oh, right? I, I totally so, see
1: it. I'm just, I'm saying no. I'm, I'm putting my foot down. No.
0: What, well, so what's your what? What is your hard no? Because it's clearly it's not because of like components because, uh, they 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 have like components, ice cream, sugar, and and some sort of crunchy thing. What 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 is it then?
1: It is. I so I think it is. Show your math. Okay. It is <laughs> quantity of sugar. <laughs>
0: No, that's that's a terrible one because I i'll quote fruity pebbles i know like, <laughs> but i
1: also don't believe that fruity pebbles are breakfast either
0: uh that's actually quite valid right that's a, that's nor, a valid stance. nor
1: are the unicorn fruit loop things that andy has on top of the refrigerator right now that's not breakfast that's actually i think dessert. those are
0: actually that's actually a cry for help
1: it's <laughs> it's it's certainly not breakfast <laughs> i'm sorry so so part of my part of rainbow my immediate...
0: uni- rainbow, uni- rainbow unicorn cereal is definitely <laughs> that's that's oh, word that's it's not rainbow that...
1: it's just pink and blue and white
0: <laughs> oh okay
1: it tastes like marshmallows it's and, trans and strawberry is it
0: is it trans
1: yeah the, the colors are a little bit too like the pink is too vibrant too bright oh really, it's too bad in a really in a way that is a little bit creepy to eat because you're like this is not a naturally occurring food color.
0: <laughs> Purple's a fruit.
1: It's not purple. No, <laughs> that's
0: an old that's an old Simpsons quote.
1: Okay, well it's a fluorescent pink.
0: Oh, so it's like that it, it's like that Frappuccino thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: the unicorn frappuccino, yes. which is also not a thing you should drink.
1: Yeah, but I tried really hard <laughs> to get one. But I wasn't pretending it was for breakfast. Like <laughs> There is a certain right. there's a certain sugar content that I just have very strong opinions about like once it crosses that threshold it's not breakfast it just isn't okay. it's dessert.
0: So so in my 20s I would have told you waffles with ice cream is breakfast cereal because I think at one point in my life I once served my younger cousin ice cream for breakfast while he was staying at my house. Yeah. So I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure in my 20s, that kind of disaster of an idea would have um, crossed my mind. But now that I've been a parent, uh, <laughs> no. Waffles and ice cream is not a breakfast cereal because otherwise, if it was, my kids would try to eat it. Yeah. And since we're See? not having any of that. <laughs> no,
1: that's part of it, right? Except yes. we are talking about this. Can you imagine how delicious it would be, though, to do as a dessert? A warm waffle... Like a warm oh. Belgian waffle, mm-hmm. um, especially the kind with the pearlescent sugar that's crunchy on the outside. Sure, um, warm, right? With a scoop of like dark chocolate ice cream on top, slowly melting into it.
0: Okay, but that's a place near your house. I mean, that makes yes. the waffle sandwiches <laughs> and with it's ice dessert. Cream. <laughs> Yeah, it's delicious. And it's
1: dessert.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's totally dessert. That place is amazing. I
1: know. I can't get the waffles because they're like too big.
0: It's fantastic. I know, but Um, it's like
1: one of those cups with waffle and ice cream in it is literally my entire day's worth of calories in one serving.
0: And when we start talking about using all of our calories in one (laughs) serving, it must be time for us to end the show. Oh
1: my gosh, yes, please.
0: (laughs) I had to get us out of there. We were lost. We were
1: lost in that question.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Spencer. Before we head into the closing of the show, uh, Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirector Mark Network.
1: Yeah. So, She's a Super Geek is an actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Join me and Andy every other Tuesday for lots of different RPGs and guests from around the gaming industry We play fun upbeat things and we play intense emotional things we play everything awesome sometimes she even twists my arm and makes me play d and d fantasy generic fantasy again
0: say senda, where can people reach us on the internet?
1: Well you can find us on Twitter at pandas Talk games you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games you can find us. We are working on the Google Plus replacement, which is still really hard for me to not say in that little patter at the end. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you prefer, you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those locations, what can they do with that information?
0: Please, please, please send us your topics. Uh, we love to talk about the things that you're interested in, even if it is breakfast cereal. <laughs> um Which, by the way, if you're new to the show, if you're like, geez, do they talk about breakfast cereal every show? No. No. When we do a grab bag, the third question is always something goofy. uh, Something funny. Yeah. Yeah, Something goofy. So please, (laughs) normally this show is all about uh, tabletop role playing stuff. And uh, it is fueled by the questions you ask. Uh, We don't make them up ourselves, we farm out almost all of our show ideas from you. Uh, we got a couple different ways we like to do them, so don't worry. Just send in questions or topics. We'll figure out how to make a show out of it. We're really good at that part. Yeah,
1: we're almost Um, three years in, people.
0: That's right. So we'll handle that part. You keep the topics coming. Uh, Senda, what's the other thing people can do with our social media information?
1: Well, you can send us your table selfies. So the next time you are sitting down to play an awesome game with awesome people, take a selfie, hashtag it table selfie, and post it on, well, Twitter, because I can find it there. I'll try and find them other places, but I make no guarantees, but we'd love to see what you guys are playing.
0: If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of awesome things. They get access to the uh, Slack Room and Slack Room for Life. They The bonus outtakes from this show, they get the uh, Misdirected Mark After Show. Uh, they get random stuff that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we make a thing and just give it to our patrons. You get a bunch of other stuff. Listen, I'll tell you the real, the really big part is to go into the Slack room. The Slack room is awesome. The hosts of the show hang out there, and the number of awesome people that are in our daily Slack really. I I can't even do it justice. There's so many cool people that are just there chatting every day. I can't even keep up with it. It chats so much, but it's so much fun to read, to pop in and out of. Yeah. Uh, We also like to shout out to our patrons. Mm -hmm. Tonight, we shout out to Jesse Edmund, uh, the Royal Doctor, Jason Pitt. Just an awesome game designer and human being in general, Professor Poutine. Yep, I'm, as, I'm looking, uh, He is also known. Looking
1: forward to experiencing that because this is my chance going out to Toronto again. We got you. Get better some, get
0: ready. He's, he's going to make you poutine. eat poutine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's going to make you eat poutine. I know. We got a plan for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm working on okay. it. Okay. And uh, Jim Morrison. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, big fan of the uh, big fan of the music there. That's awesome.
1: Um, <laughs> the three say, send a- night of the three J's.
0: Yes. Yes. Not by accident. (laughs) Say, Senda, if people are already supporting the Patreon or... Uh, not supporting Patreon, which is perfectly fine. There's another thing they can do to help support the show and make it more visible for other people to find us.
1: What is that thing? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice because every new review really does actually help new people find the show. It tends to be part of the ranking system about how everybody does things. So if you like it, chances are someone else will like it too and you should probably let them know about it. Also, we really 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 love seeing them so if you're leaving a review somewhere that is not the iTunes store in the U.S. please just let us know so that we can go stock it down and read it because we really really do actually want to hear about it
0: (laughs) we do we do indeed say senda show me how you're going to get a few of those perfect elements into your games next week
1: This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what you got, show me what
0: you got, eh. show me what you got, show me what you got, eh. anno- Mickey. Mickey. How did we ever do two shows in an evening?
1: I, I don't even know. I'm dying. It's, it's crazy. You also look like you might be an Eskimo. Well,
0: you know, I did the thing for the video for the uh for the video so I didn't wear my hood while we yeah. recorded and so my head is freezing because yeah the wall behind me it's ten degrees out because it's buffalo yeah here
1: too yeah here so, too it's ten
0: so that ground which has been like you know sub zero for weeks is just you know like it's ice cubes behind my back right I'm freezing yeah. down here. Bloop!
1: I feel bad. We're going to be quick. We're going to be quick, folks. All right. Because Phil is freezing. We don't need to freeze him to death.
0: Seriously. Getting cold down here. All right. Yeah. Bloop. It's a B show. So, mm. you know, all sorts of hilarity and hijinks can ensue.
1: Or else we'll just both be really sleepy because we're really unaccustomed to doing this anymore. Yeah. One or the other. Could be so both. we're
0: both. Usually one leads to the other. Yes. Bloop a second to go get some hot tea no there's no time if we sit and okay. we go brew a cup of tea it's gonna be one o'clock in the morning before we get this show going we really oh gosh, gotta you're just right i
1: just okay let's really just go gotta up. just we're do just this do okay we're gonna do it
0: all right Bloop. hey it's you oh. <laughs> i'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Bloop. are we meowing again <laughs> no i don't need to meow again i'm sorry Are you sure like does you needed it the first time did you need it again <laughs> Alright. Alright. Bloop. I'm cold and tired and I've been sitting in this basement for like an hour.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Bloop. There, just in case we didn't have ad copy. Right, just there, throw we, something just, in. Yeah. Just throw
1: something
0: just, in there. Just uh, you know what? Don't I'll just make stuff up.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Bloop. I'm really distracted by the fact that Phil is putting his charger inside of his sweatshirt to keep him warm because it's a little heating cube. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with the rest of that sentence.
0: I'm I'm just trying to stay warm down here. <laughs> and I realized that my Mac charger heats up really nicely. It does. Yeah, just I don't so I'm just I'm putting it in my I got my hand on it in my sweatshirt. And oh I'm my hugging God, it. I'm so sorry. Okay
1: join me every other tuesday for lots of different rpgs and guests from all around the gaming industry
0: and don't forget andy
1: and well yeah i mean the other half is andy
0: join me and andy
1: okay join me and andy okay join me and Andy. <laughs> damn it
0: i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i am actually warm right now
1: because you are clutching the warm little block that is your charger
0: I've Tony Starked this uh, charger and put it, like put it on my chest. It's like my arc reactor right now. I swear to god, it is actually keeping me warm. This Apple fucking charger is like totally saving my ass down here.
1: I'm relieved. Anyway, get us out of here. Get us out of here. Bloop. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show
0: me what you got.
1: Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show, Show me what you got. What you got. cookies look real good.
0: 43. Yeah. Not bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Not bad. That was a rough one for me.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm glad that you're warmer now that you have, you know, your Tony Stark.
0: My my Arc Reactor iPad charger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it started during the show. I'm going to apologize because at some point in the early part of the show... You're going to find on um, one of the tracks, there's some clicking.
1: Yeah, of you being um, like, Because I picked it up. Yeah, I saw I you like, doing Wait. it. It totally distracted me. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? You were like stuffing like, it Wait. inside of your sweatshirt. Well,
0: first I was holding it in my hand. Yeah. And I kept putting it down because I was like, well, don't fidget while you're recording. like Put this thing down. But then I was like, <laughs> it's so but it's warm. warm. <laughs> and then I was like, but what if I could stuff it into my sweatshirt? <laughs> Would it warm me up? The answer is it totally is yes. It's
1: well now we want to put it like
0: on the. I want to put it like on the side of my head, on the back of my neck. Like I'm still I'm still freezing. Right, but it got you through. But like the core of me warm. Like yeah, it it actually like look, it's right. It's all (laughs) there's wires and shit sticking out of me. Like it really like it's it's like Iron Man one. Now we know.
1: Now we know. I'm coming
0: out of the cave. When you're freezing, I'm,
1: I'm gonna tell you to stuff your charger down your shirt.
0: Yeah, I'm coming out of the cave, like Iron Man 1, right? Like, I'm just <laughs> this big and clunky. and. Um,
1: good, well, oh, we should God, stop I'd... this show so that you can go upstairs where it is oh, not freezing. Oh, I do.
0: I'm, I do. I, like, need to go upstairs and get, like, under blankets yeah. and then, like, and then get ready to go to bed. Right. Like, I'm going to need to warm up before I go to bed. Like, yeah. I'm too cold.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay, okay, good.
0: Yay! We'll say goodbye. Okay, bye! Bye!